0: Let's
1: get ready to rumble!
0: <laughs> okay. Hello and welcome to Netflix vs. Cinema, the podcast that has taken a little bit of a break. And we apologize for those of you who regularly listen to, to us, which I have found that some of you have. Because I've had, um. Well, the reason why we've been away is because I am currently waiting to, to become a dad for the second time. So um, I've taken the time from a whole bunch of things to look after my wife kid is not here yet just for those of you who are listening because i keep getting like messages from people going oh yeah how are things going and i'm like oh how do they know and i realized they must be listening to the podcast that i was talking to, and i spoke about it on the podcast which is why all of a sudden i'm getting messages from people going how's oh how's your wife doing and i'm like oh man oh, oh, oh you remembered and i'm like oh no you're listening to the podcast <coughs> but I remembered Enough rambling. My name is Tosin. I am the host. I am the one who's about to be a dad for the second time. Yay! And joining me this week is our London correspondent, Holly Lane. Holly, how are you?
1: I am very well, thank you. Enjoying loosely the ongoing delayed summer,
0: which is cool. <laughs> The delayed summer and the unrushing winter. We're basically having a fight with each other. I'll have this week. Well, okay, you have that week. I'll have that week. Onto
1: <laughs> so autumn. I'm waiting for autumn. Autumn will make me happy.
0: Yeah, autumn. autumn's pretty nice. Autumn's pretty nice. It's kind of like, oh, that was nice. Oh, get ready for what's coming. Get ready for what's coming. It's, it's all Game of Thrones and winter is coming here kind of thing. So, um, yes. So, and the fact that we've been, we haven't recorded for about two weeks now because of various prospective baby related stuff. Um, it has given you a chance to go to the cinema, hasn't it, hasn't it, Holly?
1: It has. I have actually been to the cinema twice. Well, no, twice in one day. To be fair,
0: that's all right. Okay, cool. Tell us what you saw.
1: Uh, I saw My Big Fat Greek Wedding three, and The Nun two.
0: The Nun two. We're all all about the sequels this week. And, And so, because Sharon is off on holiday, Sean is. Well, we 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 haven't actually heard from Sean, so we don't exactly know where Sean is. But we know Sean usually would, he might be in Thailand, he might be in Spain, he might be, he's going to be doing something interesting. So we, well, all, all we hope is that he's safe. Uh, we haven't heard from him. So that means that you are going to represent the cinema today because what we usually do on this show is go to the cinema, see a couple of things, rate them out of five, stay at home, watch things on the various streaming platforms, rate them out of five, and then see where money has been better spent spend this week. So because it's just you and me, Holly, I'm going to tailor what I have to say to you. And I'm going to give you a choice of things that I have seen at home. And you can tell me what two of them you would like to see or you would like to hear me talk about. So we have The Crowded Room on Apple TV+. Plus. What do you think about that?
1: I know nothing about it. This sounds interesting.
0: Okay, okay. You might not know anything about it after the end of by the end of my review. But okay, <laughs> okay. we have the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel season 5. Mm-hmm. We have You Hurt My Feelings a film on Apple or I saw on Amazon Prime. Star tr- Starstruck Seven season, season 3, no season oh. 3, yeah, on BBC iPlayer.
1: I have seen You Hurt My
0: Feelings. You have seen You Hurt My Feelings. Okay, cool. And Finally, a random film from 1997 I saw starring Tilda Swinton, and I watched this purely because it was, oh my god, it's a 1990s Tilda Swinton. I'm going to see this called "Female Perversions." Uh, so, what two you want to see? What do you want to pick?
1: I definitely vote for. You hurt my feelings, just so I can.
0: Okay, so you can cra- you can chime in with you hurt my feelings. Uh...
1: And whatever the first one was, because it sounds like it's going to be weird.
0: The crowd... your instincts do not fail you. (laughs) So so you hurt my feelings and the crowded room. All right, cool. But let us start off with um, cinema, as as I want on this podcast. And let us kick off with My Big Fat Greek Wedding 3. So um, take it away, Holly.
1: Okay. So I should begin by saying that whilst I have seen the first one, it was many 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 years ago
0: it's got to be about 20 years hasn't
1: it I would say give or take a bit certainly yeah. judging by the age of the actors in it 20 years seems about seems plausible uh, I have not seen the second one but whilst walking to Richmond to watch it uh, Cinema Buddy gave me an overview of what happens and we did <laughs> a <laughs> we concluded at that point that I probably have not missed too much and it was
0: fine
1: <laughs> <laughs> My eyes of uh my big fat greek wedding three is that and i think people can cope with this that mm-hmm. the father from the first film who became the grandfather of the second mm-hmm. film yes died yeah. uh, and his wife it has clearly worsening dementia and his daughter had promised her father that he would um take his diary from when he first moved to america Back to where the village he came from in Greece and give it to his best friends, which is a lovely heartwarming thing.
0: Yes. It
1: is then facilitated by the fact that they receive an invitation, the entire family, to a um to a reunion in the village from yeah. when the father came. So off the family go, the uh the husband what was the, the boyfriend who is now the husband. Played by John he, Corbett.
0: Yes, and, of Sex and the city fame.
1: And the daughter, who is arguably still the daughter, but also the mother, and the daughter, who is also the granddaughter.
0: Nea Vardalos, yeah.
1: And the brother, of the now mother.
0: Yep, 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 yep.
1: And a so, number.
0: So uh, ne- Nea Vardalos was she was the one who the who it was her wedding that led to the my big fat Greek wedding of the first yeah. of the of the yeah and so she's kind of like the central thing with her husband who I keep wanting to call Ian because his name was Ian in Sex in the City. But I'm pretty sure his name is not Ian in this. And the first one was all about pretty much like a sort of two different cultures meeting. And it was a little bit of him being a fish out of water, falling in love with a Greek woman, and then having to figure out what was going to happen with this whole, oh, this is what we do in our wedding culture. This is what we do. I just remember a line that her, her dad says in the first one going like, Talking about his white family going, no, that family is so dry. That family is like a piece of toast. <laughs>
1: and they don't really, they don't really approve of her marrying somebody who's
0: not a Greek. Who's not Greek, yeah. yeah. So
1: that is, that is all very, very key to everything, to all of the dynamics across, I think, all three films. Yeah. Yeah. So the so the family and the extended family and I honestly have no idea who half these people are, but they're all related and I don't think it ever matters exactly who they
0: are. <laughs> I, I think that's actually that that's part of that's part of what is that's part of the whole thing in the first one was that the the Greek yeah. family is big. It's huge. Yeah. There's all these people around. Why are they here? We don't yeah. know. That's an uncle, i am actually related? No. And being Nigerian, I can really, really relate to that. <laughs> I can really relate to big massive families all around, especially around a wedding. How do we know them? Don't worry don't worry about it, <laughs> they're part of the family.
1: I'm aunts to a lot of people I'm not related to. So yeah, yeah. Uh, many of them, or godmother or honorary godmother, huge swathes of children, no yeah. blood relationship whatsoever. Um, so you have this vast family and off they go, seen off by yet more members of the vast family. It apparently takes an entire Greek family to see people off at the airport. <laughs> um no they all head on their plane to athens plane that is entirely filled with greek people all of them who all behave appallingly and give each other food and clearly cause trauma to the to the staff and they arrive at arrive in greece to be collected by the mayor of the village
0: I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was still laughing about everybody behaving appallingly, and I'm like, "Well, one person's appalling is another person's camaraderie."
1: Yes, I think that 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 is also true. But I really don't envy cabin crew who are just like, "Why will these people not sit down? Why do they keep moving around? Why are they giving everybody food?
0: Is, well, is, it that, uh, exactly this is...
1: what they're meant to?"
0: This is the thing. I, 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 I actually, I genuinely think one person's appalling is somebody else's camaraderie, and I also do not envy cabin crew who have to deal with said camaraderie. I, I, one hundred percent hold both things in my head at the same time.
1: Yes. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. Very, very much so. There is no cognitive dissonance here whatsoever. Yeah. Um. So off. Yes. Off they all go to Greece. They are collected in a very battered truck by the mayor of the village, who is a relatively young person. Um, and this is
0: all sounding familiar. Yeah.
1: And and off they head to this village in the middle of nowhere in order to prepare for a um, for a village reunion, which may or may not be quite what they had expected it was going to be. Yeah. And hilarity ensues, along with the uh with one of the relatives having brought along a nice Greek boy by the name of Aristotle, who had um uh whom he she had set up with briefly with the granddaughter daughter
0: mm-hmm.
1: and who had not then seen each other again because she had basically ghosted him.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: they find themselves sitting next to each other on the plane, and part of his reason for being there was in order to be able to uh, tighten the neck of the relative who had invited him along, so that she looked better in photographs, and to carry her luggage. <laughs>
0: that sounds like that sounds like the Andrea Martin character. So, okay,
1: so, so thoroughly surreal.
0: So, so okay, so all all these things, these films. Whatever plot that they might have is just there as an excuse. It's an excuse to hang the jokes on. is an excuse to hang the antics on. And it rises and falls on whether the jokes and the antics are worth all the machinations that they are pulling to make it work, to make it happen. And is this?
1: It is. The story is, broadly speaking, irrelevant. Yeah. It is a delightful, easygoing film to watch. Is it good? Not really. Is it meant to be good? No. Is it it delightful? Yes. It's exactly the sort of -of middle-of-the-road, enjoyable family film to watch that's silly and it makes you smile.
0: It's the kind of film that I reckon was probably made as a tribute to the actor who played the dad in the first film, because I think he died in real life.
1: That seems plausible.
0: Yeah, I, I think I think he died in real life. So, um, so uh, I, and it's it's a kind of thing where I I just think, oh yeah. Well, okay, let me put it this way: if Mamma Mia was made and was which was pretty much just an excuse for a whole bunch of actors to go swan around a Greek island, I don't see I don't see a problem. Can not be made. I have no problem with that. So, when you say? How many stars would you give this?
1: I'm going to give it. A solid three i would like to give it four but i'm not sure that it's i'm not sure it's because it's not good good yep it's delightful and a delightful can only really get a three if it doesn't have something really solid behind it so would recommend it we'll happily watch it again on a rainy day on tv yep absolutely yeah absolutely recommend it still will only give it three stars
0: Ah, cool, good stuff which is what I expected for something like this I think it would coast, alof- coast, coast along enough um, happily enough on the charisma and of the of the stars and the fact that you like hanging out with them so yeah, Michael Const- Constantine he died he died in real life he died he died in 2021 so yeah yeah. Um, th- this film I think is pretty much yeah. a tribute to him um, yeah. if, if, I'm, I'm good with that
1: way. in a good way very yeah. much Good way. What was the husband called? The boyfriend who's the husband and the father? Uh,
0: in real life or in the film? Film. Uh, let's check. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Cast. Uh, Ian. He is called
1: Ian. Yes. You're correct.
0: <laughs> he is called Ian. Has he been Ian in two films then? Or a
1: film and a film? He, was he also Ian? Or are you just no. conflating? And
0: you've decided- was, he, was he also Ian on, on Sex and the City? Uh, okay, I need to check now. So, he's... No, oh, he was Aiden. Aiden on Sex and the City. Yes. Aiden on Sex and the City, Ian in My Big Fat Greek Wedding.
1: Aiden Very similar.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, that's it. The, yeah, that's it. Well, you can't spell Aiden with Ian. But anyway, um, yes, so that's it. Three stars for My Big, graphic, my, my big Fat Greek Wedding. Which is what I thought we would get. So yeah, when I eventually might get to the cinema, but let's be honest with waiting for a baby to be born, it's more—it's a lot more likely to happen when it shows up on, st- on some sc- streaming platform at some point. And speaking of streaming platforms, we now go over to those, and we're going to talk about "You Hurt My Feelings" on Amazon Prime. Now, this is a film that stars Julia, Julia Lewis dreyfus in-, in it, and she is playing. Uh, She's a, a writing teacher. She's a writing teacher who has written a memoir and has done quite well. And she's she's waiting. Everyone's waiting for her second book, which she's been trying to write for a while. She is married to a therapist, played by Tobias Menzies, and they live in New York. They have one son who's quite grown up now. He's uh, he's starting to become a writer himself, and they have this sort of li- the the sort of there's a bit where. The son speaks to them and says that you you guys make me feel like a third wheel because in the family there's only three of them and his parents are so loved up and seem to have the perfect relationship that he's just kind of like oh there is no room for anybody but the two of you that's the kind of relationship that they have so they when they when they go buy an ice cream they only ever buy one ice cream and then they share it (laughs) that kind of thing and it's they they, it's that's the kind of relationship they have. And it turns out, it turns out that the, the, fil- the real crux of this film, because this is, this is a film that could you could accuse of nothing happening in. You could very easily accuse it, nothing happens in this film. And so there's a whole bunch of things. There's the therapist wondering whether he's actually helping his patients. There's stuff to do with their friends on them who's an actor. And I think generally speaking, it's all about a whole bunch of people in middle age wondering whether they're doing the right thing. So they have a friend who is a who is an interior designer and is wondering whether trying to find the right light fitting for a whole bunch of like, you know, rich socialized in Upper East Side Manhattan is what she really wants to do with her life. That kind of that. So, but the real crux of this comes about because she's a writer. She's writing her new book and she overhears her husband speaking to his friend and when she's trying to surprise him in a shop, she's, but she's, she's so creeping up to surprise him. She hears him talking about her new book and he says, I don't actually like the new book. I don't think it's that good. But every single time she asks him and she asks him to read the book, he's like, oh, honey, it's great. It's wonderful. It's amazing. And that single thing sends her spiraling. And she's like, oh, my God, he doesn't like my book. He lies to me. What, what does that mean? What else is he lying about? And How can I even trust him anymore? And the film just goes through all those different things. And it examines, okay, what about the lies we tell people? Is this worth it is it and it goes through going is this actually a thing is 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 almost kind of like in my head i'm thinking the film was kind of going does he have a point that he lied to her and he's does he have a point that he just said it to sort of like you know protect her feelings so you hurt my feelings i was trying to protect your feelings that kind of thing and the film carries on and by the time the, f- the film finishes i think the film very brazenly and very very definitely doesn't try and make a big deal out of this, doesn't try and make it, there, is, there isn't high drama out of this. It's almost just kind of like a whole bunch of people having a chat for 90 minutes and then, oh, and there we go, the film's over. <laughs> That's pretty, pretty much it. And I was kind of like, well, that was, that was a bit childish, but I think that might be the point because it's, it's directed by Nicole Holofcener, and I think a lot of the stuff she does is a lot more like slice of life type of things and this little thing that we build up to make it look like it's such a big thing when it isn't really, but that's what our lives are now. There's even a line in the film where somebody goes, "Look, the world is literally burning. And this is what you're worried about." She's like, "Yes, I know, but that's it's like pretty much it's my pain, and I want, and this is what I want to be. This is what I want to be upset about." Uh, what did you think?
1: I had very mixed views of it.
0: Mm.
1: Uh, I found my. I liked it more at the end than I'd liked it as it had gone through. Yeah. The. It also went on a little long for my taste. I think it could have been shorter.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Certainly, but that being said, it, it achieved an ending that I liked, and I haven't actually been sure that it was going to figure out how to end. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and
1: it felt a bit like it was just they could just have kind of stopped at any point, really.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, and in the end, it but, does kind of feel as if they just stop at a point, yeah.
1: But that is not necessarily a bad thing on the base of, you know, slice, slice of life. It's, you know, a window into existence, you know. Is there a start and is there an end
0: to such... Yes. It's, it's kind of like th- these people existed before the film started and we just dropped in at a point in their lives. And they're going to continue existing after this film carries on. And... Yeah, it it's not and, a, and if if you're coming here for resolution you might be a little bit disappointed.
1: But you're not going to find a you know a, a life-changing outcome that makes you walk away feeling like a different person. Yes. So, I was definitely in the low end to start with. Well, no, I was pretty sort of middle of the road to start with felt it was dragging picked up a bit at the end
0: okay all right yeah uh, i mean it's quite, to...
1: quite amusing in, um, amusing in places a bit uncomfortable in places kind of does what you'd expect for something with the premise it's set up with
0: yeah well it's it's kind of weird because i feel like it's I understand what you mean about not being that happy with it as you're watching it. Because you're going, okay, do something with this. Do something with this. This is kind of like one of those films. It it could be accused of being one of those films where it's a whole bunch of, like, you know, so uh, higher society people in New York complaining about their lives. Mm. Which is pretty much what this film is. It's yeah. it's people where the, 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 there's a certain group of people who would be watching this film and going, what the hell are you complaining about? Look at where you live. And, and it, it is it is kind of like a whole bunch of privileged people complaining about their lives. And you saw watching it, and when the film finishes, you're kind of like, oh, it's it's almost, it's 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 as if you don't realize what story they're trying to tell you until the film ends. And yeah. then you go, oh, okay, if that's the story we are trying to tell me, let me go back and let me reassess what I've just watched based on yeah. what yeah, you've exactly. told me. Yeah, it's, and so you've... I do feel like nothing really happens, and if you do not like those sort of films, I would avoid. If you're the kind of person who kind of who who kind of goes, oh yeah, oh, oh you know, look at that little foible that they noticed there. What a brilliant observation! You might like this film, but it's it was a window into a world I don't really know that much about, and I don't particularly care about it. At most, I think I've got to get. I'll give it a three out of five because I think all the all the performances are great, because. You have um, Julia Lewis-Dreyfus uh, who is who is who is uniformly excellent in almost everything that she is she's in, and um, Tobias Menzies does well. But michaela Watkins, I have to say, michaela Watkins, who oh is it Michaela Watkins? I don't know who she she uh, she plays her best friend, and I like her in almost everything. What
1: sister, not best friend?
0: Is it what?
1: Is it her sister?
0: Oh, it is her sister. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a, it, it is a
1: sister. frequently.
0: It is a sister, but yeah, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. yeah, it is a sister, but she plays a sister, and yeah, she's good. So the 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 um the performances are good, but it's a bit it's a bit meandering, and then it just kind of ends. <laughs> and but, so so yeah, it's a bit meandering. Doesn't kind of ends, and it's yeah, the the it ends up being inconsequential. The so the so scene setting thing ends up being inconsequential anyway. Right, so let's go back to cinema and let us talk about The Nun 2. So,
1: to truly appreciate The Nun 2 arguably you should have seen The Nun 1, but also not necessarily because it's not a wildly complicated film and I'm going to provide a spoiler alert for The Nun 1, uh, which is a very quick one, uh, which is that a, a Pre nun, she's not an even even a novice, ends up being sent to somewhere in Eastern Europe with a priest because there's a nunnery there where there have been
0: sightings,
1: mysterious
0: suicides. Oh, oh, okay. Oh.
1: And they go forth to investigate what's going on in the nunnery, convent, nunnery, interchangeable, um, and only the the baby not nun is allowed to stay in there because obviously men can't stay in overnight. So priest yep. is outside, go forth and investigate. And in this convent, there is this demon nun, um, who is played by, and I'm going to have to check what her name is. Um, uh, IMDB.
0: <laughs> the nun awesome. called Calak or something like that. I remember thinking the name sounded a little bit like a piece of furniture from Ikea
1: uh uh no uh bonnie bonnie aarons it plays the demon nun
0: yeah
1: and aarons um who is a very strike i mean this is just a, a by the by who's an incredibly striking woman um but with very very sharp features and if you put scary makeup on her my god she can look terrifying
0: <laughs>
1: been in a number of sort of horror films, yeah, where they make the most of this, you know, these really, re- this really good, strong bone structure, yeah. So it's so your main character, the nun, is played by uh, Tysa uh, Farmiga.
0: Farmiga. Mm-hmm. I thought it was Farmiga, um, but
1: but yeah, I think it is Farmiga as I look at the spelling properly, and. At the end of the, the first film, there is an effort to exercise this awful nun, and um, I will not go into all of the details of the film to lest it compete. Well, seen
0: as there's a nun too, I'm going to say they failed.
1: They sort of failed, and you know they've sort of failed, because, the, and there are various twists and turns that make the nun more interesting. But um, at the end, a character called um, Maurice saves... Um, irene the nun mm-hmm. um, and you realize at the end of the film that something is not right and you you have this very strong understanding that something is not right yes. and in the this film the nun begins with sister irene having i think just taken her vows recently taken her vows and she is in a perfectly nice convent um where she has become friendly with a young American um nun played by someone called Storm Reed.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, I know Storm Reed.
1: And they are She was in
0: uh, she was in The Last of Us. She was in um Oh that oh a wrinkle in time and yeah. So yeah she's oh she was in Missing. No no no. Searching no, yeah, missing. She wasn't missing. Yeah,
1: yeah. So. well, she is. She is good in this. Yeah. Um, so there is a um, a thing happens. A thing that that there is a sort of evilness that is heading across Europe, um, and various religious figures have had bad things happen. And the Vatican come and they say, Sister Irene, you're the only person who has dealt with anything like this. And we need you to go off and solve the problem. And you look at it and you think, what? Uh,
0: we, we would rather you died than we did. So exactly. off you go.
1: And at the same time, you've got, what, got an, a nice school, which uh, looks to be in a former um, convent that had been, or monastery that had been hit by a bomb during the war, in which there is a nice teacher played by Anna Popplewell, who I can only ever think of as being Susan in Lion the Witch in the Wardrobe.
0: Oh, yay! Uh, I'm happy those kids are getting work.
1: I know. I sort of <laughs> thought she'd vanished, but no, she is still out there. And she is there, and her daughter is there, and there are all sorts of slightly unpleasant other children. Uh, and um, Maurice the Handyman is there and is um and he's clearly taken a bit of a shine to um anna Popperwell, and bad things happen
0: and the um as is the one for a horror movie
1: and sister irene and sister deborah are um american nun she who struggles with her faith Mm -hmm. uh, find themselves following Following the, the, the path of what's going on and unpicking the mystery as yes. to why why the nun is um, the demon nun is is doing demonic things across uh, across Europe heading heading westwards so
0: um, a bit like with the first film that you re- that you reviewed for our cinema bits this on this show, um I said that it's pretty much just kind of an excuse for the antics and everything like that to happen. And I feel like with horror movies as well, let's come up with a plot, blah, 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 blah. Yay, now excuse to get the people together. And pick them off one by one. Or Let's get excuse to get together and then do jump scare. So I feel like the plot is inconsequential because what you're here for is the scares and Bonnie uh, Aaron's in a habit.
1: Not entirely, because it's also a lot of it isn't jump scare. It's okay. Sl- slow build scare so you can feel what's happening and you don't there's the odd actual jump scare
0: yeah
1: but you can feel the jump scare coming very clearly but there's a lot of a sort of slow building feeling of horror and you're waiting for a jump scare that may or may not actually happen
0: yeah
1: and that there is a storyline to it that is more interesting than i expected and not the bit that absolutely explained the storyline happened when I popped out to go to the bathroom and buy another drink. So <laughs> uh, uh, typical, typical. You know, you'd, I wasn't expecting it to have a moment of anything that provided clarity, but it did. Damn it! And when I wasn't, <laughs> um, but it was all in all. So
0: you you, you missed the and the killer is <laughs> pretty much
1: yeah. yeah the 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 why and the wherefore. I had to have explained to me very briefly. <laughs> it didn't take very long, but it was quite a good. It was a, it was a it was an acceptable why and wherefore, and okay, and it was not complete. It wasn't. I mean, obviously, it was pure fiction, but it was nice that where they were dealing with things that were Catholic canon. Yep, they were actually correct Catholic canon.
0: All right, cool. It wasn't just like, made up nonsense.
1: I always have to look these things up because I get really irritated if they start chucking things around. That's like, that's just not
0: a thing. <laughs> okay, so so all that being said, how many stars would you give the nun to?
1: I'm going to give it a three because I would simultaneously give it both a four and a two. <laughs>
0: what, is, what is the four for? What 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 takes it up to a four brings it down to a two?
1: Four is it's actually very well put together. Okay. Um, it's it's well shot it's got it's it's able to deal with a good sense of horror foreboding and and actually for, for the, a film of its nature a pretty well put together plot it's part of, I should have added that it's part of the Conjuring universe which would probably have added some additional context to it yeah. but I won't forget that
0: um, yeah, I don't think it matters because quite frankly there's like what nine films in the Conjuring universe now I haven't watched one of them and I am not about to start now
1: is it only 9 it feels like about 150 <laughs> so it was it did it it did what it was trying to do well and yep. the story i have to say was you know well put together it actually followed on from the nun well it, you didn't get to it and think Ehh. yeah um but fundamentally a film of its nature is just it, it would struggle to be brilliant so it gets the, the two because it just it's not going to blow you away. Yeah. So so it's both very good for its genre, I would suggest, whilst also being fundamentally not able to be very good, so it falls onto a three.
0: Well, I get you. I get you. So this is the kind of film we're making, and if we did everything perfectly, the best this is going to be is a three out of five. Yeah. Okay, cool. I get you. All right, so three stars for the non two. And now we go over to streaming and the various platforms. This one is going to be Apple TV+. And this is the one that you liked because you thought you never heard anything about this, and it was a bit... Ooh, The Crowded Room. Now, The Crowded Room. Oof. This is a... the, The Crowded Room has shown up on this podcast before because I talked about the fact that I was watching it. And I talked about the fact that on the Pilot TV podcast done by Empire Magazine, they had a public service announcement which was that you should probably go into this show not knowing knowing as little as possible don't wikipedia it don't don't wikipedia it don't find out anything about that because it's based on a book it's based on it things of this are based on an actual real life thing that happened so um, so it it will and there's a book that this is based on and the title of the book. Is quite frankly, a spoiler for the TV show. So, the title of the book tells you exactly what the deal is going on in this TV show. So, um, all I would say to you, Holly, is that this this has something to do with something we were talking about before we pressed record on the record on the podcast today. That's all I'll say. So, for you to sort of try and figure that out, but um, but for anybody else, there's I'll give you the premise. So you have Tom Holland. This this the show kicks off, and you can see you see Tom Holland, and Tom Holland is in seventies um, New York. He's in seventies New York, and he is there with oh, with Sasha Lane, Sasha Lane, and they get on the subway. They get on the subway, and you can see that they're going on, and it looks all tense and everything like that. They get to somewhere which would have been round about the Rockefeller Center. You know the bit in New York where they have that massive statue of Atlas carrying the world on his shoulders. They get there, they see somebody, they go, hey! And they start chasing this person and start trying to shoot at him and shoot at them and shoot at them. And you're like, why are they shooting at this person? What's going on? Then Tom Holland ends up in a, a, uh, what's it called? In a, he ends up being arrested. After shooting, after firing off a gun in the middle of it, he ends up being arrested. However, only he is arrested and you can't find the person, like they can't find the person who he was with. So the character played by Sasha Lane, they can't find that. So, he then comes in Amanda Seyfried, and Amanda Seyfried starts interviewing him and saying, what's going on? What happened? Why were you there? Why can't we find this person? Where are they? Where did you go here? And he starts telling the story. He starts telling the story of, well, this is what happens. But for some reason, he goes all the way back to his childhood to explain all these different things as to why he was there, what happened, and what went on with his life. And Little by little, in each episode, they reveal exactly what is going on, like who and Amanda Seyfried's character actually is, how she got involved in the whole thing, what he actually is, who was the person that they were trying to shoot. All these different things get revealed episode after episode, and <clears throat> round about episode, around about episode six, it, it gets unveiled what is actually happening. And the thing with the crowded room is the way it is told is the only thing that keeps any intrigue in is the only thing that keeps any intrigue in the story because the central thing of the of the story has been told before in other ways we've seen it over and over again in all sorts of different media and if they had come out telling you this is what's going on and then you go there would be nothing there'll be nothing which is why i would say don't look up the title of the book because once you know what that's in the show has lost everything. The show has lost anything that it has to to offer. Quite frankly, the second you look at it, the show has lost everything it has to offer. Uh, in, in my opinion, anyway, because I and also also here's another thing, the and I uh, there's a small little thing on our YouTube channel, just like a snippet. It's called "The Crowded Room Beware," and that is because you might think, oh, at the beginning of a show, if a show is based on a book, what happens in the credits at the beginning of the of the show? Uh. They say based on the book.
1: Based on yeah.
0: Yeah, they say based on the book. So obviously you might think, okay, I don't want to know anything about this. So the credits are going to start playing and I'm going to hit skip on the credits, right? skip on the credits. Therefore you get past the credit, you get to watch the show. You don't have to see the name of the book. You don't have to have the whole show spoiled for you. But you but the thing is when you hit skip on the credits, it takes you to the screen that says based on the book. <laughs> Which is just incredibly stupid. So by the time I figured this out, I think I'd already started figuring out what was going on because I don't think it is that well hidden or quite that difficult to get your head around. But it is the only thing to keep um, your interest in it. I think the performances are good. Um, I think this show is too long. Uh, I think probably eight episodes would have been fine instead of 10. Oh. And Yeah, yeah, and... um everybody does well but in the in the end it makes you go and look for the real life thing that actually happened and when you look at the real life thing that hap- actually happened you realize why they didn't just make an adaptation of what actually happened because what actually happened raises a lot more questions that you cannot just make entertainment about <laughs> interesting yeah what What happens when 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 I when I there's the stuff that they do in the show and they kind of go well you know we have to do it this way because oh come on come on come on help us out and when you read what actually happened in real life you're like oh no wait no no no. that is a lot more thorny that is a lot more thorny and it's a lot more it's that is a lot less saturday night entertainment that is that's a serious issue that we need to deal with here that you that you, if they tried to make it, it, would it would look like they were sweeping under the carpet. And I still think that they were kind of sweeping under the carpet making this show. So all in all, I would give this a 3 out of 5. I hopefully have gone through an entire, an entire review without actually telling you anything. <laughs> but if you... Yeah, yeah, but Holly, I reckon that... um, I reckon... You might like this. You might like this, or you might hate this. But either way, you will have a lot to say about it after you watch it. So I think the crowded room with Tom Holland and Amanda Seyfried on Apple TV Plus. um I, I think you'd like it. Or rather, I no. I think it would be interesting. Uh, let me put it this way: I would like whatever your reaction is after watching this. <laughs> because well, watch us, and I will
1: share.
0: I, I think you might have quite a lot to say about it. All right, cool. So I think that's everything that we have done for today. Um thank you very much for joining me Holly in the in the in some in our virtual hospital waiting room as we're waiting for a <laughs> waiting for a baby that is like, you know, affecting more people's lives than I thought possible. <laughs> to, to show up
1: impending bundle of joy.
0: An impending bundle of joy. If she's anything like a sister, it, yeah, it, it, yeah, yeah. So it's um um yeah, but thank you for joining us. But the next question I have to ask is, who do you think has won today, Netflix or cinema?
1: I think it's a tie.
0: It is a tie. We have had a very three kind of week.
1: Yeah, I don't think we've been blown away by anything, but we've been perfectly happy.
0: More, yeah, I think um, some ha- more hap- happier with some things than others. <laughs> but, yeah,
1: I think probably it- happier with cinema,
0: but. I I would say that yeah, it sounds like I think yeah, it sounds like you've you've been happier with the things you watch than the things I watch. The things I watch, I'm like yeah, it's a three, but uh, I mean it would be really really churlish to give it a two, but yeah. Uh.
1: Whereas the cinema were they were limited by their context. So it wasn't it wasn't their. Oh fault. Yeah, yeah
0: yeah yeah yeah. It's, it's not knockabout night. comedy. It's a it's it's a haunted horror movie kind of thing.
1: It's yeah, a horror... could get could do better. But it's not because they, it's right. not because they failed.
0: It's not because they were not enjoyable to watch.
1: Yes, they yeah, well. they, they did what they were intended to do.
0: Hmm. So am I saying it was um, it was not enjoyable to watch you hurt my feelings? I don't know. I actually really don't know. Anyway, until that point, until next week, when maybe we who we might be recording next week, there might be a baby crying next week. I do not know. We, we will see because at the moment we're playing everything by ear. So we will see what happens next week. Um. Uh. And and so next week it's a goodbye from me.
1: And a goodbye from me.
0: Yes, please do find us on social media. Find us on Twitter or whatever it is being called nowadays at Netflix via Cinema. Find us on YouTube at Netflix via Cinema. And um, yeah, get involved. Tell us what you thought. Tell us what you thought about things. Are we wrong? Is The Crowded Room a Stone Cold classic? Is The Nun 2, like, you know, a five-star masterpiece? Let us know what you think. Until that time, thank you for joining us. Goodbye.